Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Okay, good morning. Dylan here. I've got a full room with me. It's actually our, uh, this is our market update crew. So we'll be back together in just a few days to talk about the state of the union. But uh, Kyle, Tammy, and Roger, thanks for joining me. Thank you. But we're not here Hi. to talk about the market. So... Um, uh, we were just talking about all the ums, and here I'm umming again. <laughs> so annoying. So very different topic. Actually, it's going to take some dusting off of some old materials. I brought some of this stuff, but uh, survival business legacy is what we're talking about today. You guys weren't super prepped for this. Roger's looking at me and going, I, I think I've got something to contribute here. You actually have a lot to contribute here. I do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I'm fascinated by this conversation. I think this is some stuff that we spend a lot of time talking about this idea of survival business legacy as sort of a journey through the the real estate, uh, the journey of a real estate career. We actually had old language for this that I'm going to pull out and show you guys. I don't even know if you'll remember this. I know you were around for Tammy. Mm -hmm. Roger, I don't know if you were exposed to this because you may have been busy with other stuff at that time. Carl, I don't think you were with us yet. Um, but so I think what I'll try to do is make this stuff available to everyone uh, in the notes, in the show notes. But let me, let me just back up real quick. Uh, the reason I've picked you guys is particular to this topic. Give me just a super quick name, yours in the business. For anyone that doesn't know you, obviously half of our agents are <laughs> new at this point. And so name yours in the business, a little bit about if you have any team structure. Um, and then I'm going to ask you another question real quick. So just a minute on that. Yeah, Kyle Clarkson. I've been in real estate for 18 years. Um, I do have a team. I think there's 15 of us now. So That's got to be a weird number to say. It is. Yeah. It's a bigger number than I thought it'd be. So. And uh, you said how many years <coughs> in the business? 18 years. Tell me you. Uh, 25 years. Okay. Team? Uh, yeah, sorry. Tammy Hicks, um, 25 years. Ames office. Um, I have uh, three on my team now, which is also a little weird to say, but yeah. uh, Bretta, Nicole, and Taylor. And um, yeah, that's good. 25 years. You really got Kyle beat by a long shot. But Roger, I think, is still the winner. <laughs> well, By no, a few days. Yeah, I'm 25 years also. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit ahead of Tammy. Um. I don't think I officially have a team, but I connect to several teams and people, uh, certainly with Bo and also Jen and Ethan's team. But I I don't think I'm officially a team. Well, just for context for everyone, Bo is pretty. Bo's Bo's on your team. Yeah. But you've got an interesting relationship with then Ethan and the Hochul team in terms of how you co work some business in Huxley. And then Jan Harmon, you work with on some of your new construction out in the west side, right? Yes. So uh, an and Ethan and I are around Central Iowa, not just Huxley. Got it. So you've got a little bit of formal team and then some sort of casual relationships you've created that uh, call it collaboration, right? Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually working on language for this tiers of team. The yeah. first tier is just finding people you can outsource stuff to. The second is casual collaboration. I'm a collaborator, yeah. for sure. It's a good word. Um, okay, then super quick, uh, don't overthink this, 30 to 60 seconds at most. Where would you say you are in your business today? Just using your own language, state of your business. You've been in this, Kyle, 18 years. 
uh, someone bumps into you in an elevator, they say, well, where, where are you at in your business? You would say. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say I'm somewhere I didn't intend to be and didn't have plans to be, uh, but definitely in the most consistent uh, business I've been in the 18 years in real estate. Didn't plan to be here, but consistent. Why, why do you use that word? Real estate can be a roller coaster where, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And, you know, that stuff used to keep me up at night. And not that it doesn't from time to time, but it's just consistent. And, you know, I, I just said in a few minutes ago, but, you know, we've got 50 pending deals right now. And we've been at that number for, I don't know, a couple of years or not, or higher. So it's kind of like, there's always something there. Yeah. And so there's that consistency. Okay. I love it. We'll come back to that word. I think Tammy? I like that word consistency. Um, for me, I, I would say I'm in a good spot. I have a, a great team, uh, to rely on. Uh, so I'm able to, uh, continue to help people and also continue or start to, uh, reach some of the goals that we've set personally as well. So, okay. Yeah. It's a Roger. Good place. Uh, I would say I'm in hang on as long as you can mode. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my business model is to continue to narrow my scope of clients and collaborations. I've got about a dozen people that I work with all the time. And as long as those folks are doing business, I'll be doing business. You've narrowed your scope of business. You have a particular subgroup of clients. You've really narrowed your database down to fewer that do more. Correct. And that's a function, maybe, I don't want to get too much into this, but of simplicity, or you, you don't want to run around chasing all sorts of FISBO leads at this point. You've narrowed down your focus to a business that's easily controllable for a certain quality of life. Is that, did sounds I say good. that okay? Yeah, sounds good, yeah. Okay, good. So, so that's our backdrop and our context. What, I, what I've got here, and again, I'll make these available. Do you guys remember this picture at all? So this was an old idea. Yes. We coached this. We actually had a little coaching thing called Move Up. And we did two or three quarters of this inside the walls. And we coached this concept called Survival, Stability, Success, Significance. Now, we borrowed those four S's. Uh, you might know in, in Buffini. Yeah. Did you, you went to Buffini's office in yeah. Uh, yeah. Carlsbad. Yeah. And when you walked in... They had this huge fountain. fountain. Yes. Yeah. And the bottom one was significance, then stability, then success. Sorry, then survival at the top. And survival, there was a little fountain. Yep. And it filled the top fun, the top bowl, which overflowed into the next and all the way down. Correct. The idea was to focus on the activities at the top that produced all these different things. But he actually borrowed survival, stability, success, significance from Zig Ziglar and other people. It's yeah. not his idea. Yeah. So when we plagiarized it, it was perfectly yeah. legitimate. <laughs> but the idea of survival, stability, success, significance as a, as a progression is that, and I just got to do this real quick for everyone listening. In survival, your business runs you. you there's four tiers here. We think about systems, leads, team, and money. In survival, really no systems, sporadic leads. You, you're winging it all by yourself and you're just trying to pay the bills, right? And you're probably not paying the bills. Stability is when you start to run your business a little bit like a business, you have some basic systems in place, things like your CRM and your database or whatever. You are starting to work the idea of a referral-based business. Maybe you start to have part-time support or outsource some stuff to some other folks. And maybe that's premature. Maybe that's more success, but 
you've made some progress and now you're paying your bills. You've got enough business happening that you're at least holding the line. Now there's a whole subset of things on each of those that we, here I'll show you this. We had like little checklists mm -hmm. of, of how you could work through each of these phases. And it's really fascinating looking back because when we came up with all this stuff, we just, well, we didn't have any of yous. No one had gone as far as you guys have gone in your business. We were a small company and we had this idea of what it would take to move through this progression of survival to stability to success. Let me keep going. The success means you actually have a systems-based business, meaning the systems run the business, the people run the systems. <laughs> you have a steady and predictable flow of leads. You're actually leveraging other people to, in terms of team whether it's admin or other agents or whatever it might be. And your business has a net profit. And if you look at the picture, which again, we'll make available at this point, you're starting to work somewhat on your business and not in. So that's the other idea here is in versus on. And then finally, significance was this phase where to some extent your business could run autonomously. Now, not forever, but you could go away for a week and things would still be moving forward you had an abundance of leads, so more than you could work, overflow to others. And unique teamwork was the idea that people were in their sweet spots and you were able to work more and more in yours. And then the idea of significant profit. And we called that your business runs without you. So we had this idea. First of all, does that, I mean, just looking at that, Tammy, looking back at that, you guys seeing that for the first time, it sort of resonates, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's not a perfect roadmap, but to some extent, it's the journey that you guys have been on <coughs> over the course of your 20-year careers. So anyway, I'll, I'll make that available for people to look at. I don't actually want to get into that. It was more just looking back. What we did four or five years after we had this idea is we shifted to a different idea, and we just started to call it survival business legacy, three phases of the business. Survival really is the same as survival here. But then stability and success, we sort of grouped into this idea of business where you start to focus on not just paying the bills and just trying to keep afloat, but starting to build a better business, starting to think about the systems and the people and putting your money to work better, et cetera. And then legacy, which is really similar to significance, was the idea of getting to a place in your business where your business empowers you to actually have an impact on, on others in various ways, whether that's changing your family tree because of revenue that you've created or um, bringing on other people that you could then pass the business onto or using what you've created as a mechanism to go and do other things with your life and your time and your energy. Uh, real estate opened doors to, well, create a legacy, if that makes any sense. So survival business legacy. And that's where I want to camp today. And what I was hoping to do is actually run through that journey a little bit with you guys. It's a pretty in-depth conversation. So let me just pause there for a second. Survival business legacy, how much of that makes sense, resonates? And where do you even feel like you are when I just spell it out that way at a high level? Makes sense because I can see myself at all three of those stages. <clears throat> Not that I've arrived at legacy, but feel like I'm moving into that that stage uh, of my career, but I remember the survival days for sure. <laughs> I want to go there for a yeah. second. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Makes yeah, the same. I, I feel like I remember each of these stages and, and quite honestly, I mean, some days you feel like you're, you go back. Yeah. You go backwards <laughs> a step. 
Um, but I, yeah, I definitely remember being in survival and kind of that, that, that transition into the stability, like, oh, this feels, this feels good, you know, or into the business, you, you know, things are, the wheels are turning the way they're supposed to be turning. Uh, and I'm not worried about ne- where my next commission check is going to come from, yep. you know? And, and so that's a, that's a nice feeling to move into that business phase where you're actually running a business and then, um, and then be able to I feel like you really look back and then you realize that, oh, maybe you are having an impact on other people and you're starting that, that legacy. And sometimes not because you woke up in the morning and made some large strategic decision to use right. your business as a vehicle That's, to do something, but it just sort of evolved that way. Right. Yeah. 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 How about you? Yeah, I think, I think so. I can see these. I, I feel like in the first model, survival, stability, success, significance, I feel like there's another, I, I get the survival thing, but the reality is there is something called failure mm. that is mm. different than survival. Mm-hmm. And it looks different in all kinds mm. of um, career models. Uh, and it's, it's possible in all four levels there especially in real estate where business can just dry up and go away and on any of these levels yeah. you could you could shift to the right or the left and fall off the scale yeah I've, I mean I've seen realtors who've been successful in the business for six or eight years and then year nine they're gone and yes. I don't know where they went and and I've also seen realtors who have books of business that look various ways and I've experienced this myself where where that particular corner was absolute failure new construction 2009 yeah would that be yeah. an example yeah. of what you're talking about yeah. builders who literally failed yeah. but then they re-emerged in some other fashion so i feel like there's one more well i think of that as as building a foundation and then sound walls and then a proper roof like when i think of the progression you can get all the way to what looks like success or significance but if you don't have a well put together database a healthy set of systems proper leverage and then financial situation where you've actually secured things right then you can fall off pretty easily but if you built the foundation correctly the idea behind this principle was you have to, and that's why there were stepping stones all the way up. But I totally agree with your point. So take me back to survival. I want to spend just like 10 minutes or so through these three chapters because I think there might be some reminiscing, but also insights from you guys. We have agents right now in our company in survival, certainly in the business phase. No one wants to say I'm in legacy because yeah. it, <laughs> it feels facetious. But the truth of the matter is that the way I think of it, the reason I picked you guys is I think you are. I think you're completely, you're not perfectly there and you haven't arrived, but you are in a space where your business is producing some of those freedoms for you. So let's go back. Um, when were you in survival and maybe describe those early years? Uh, I guess we can't go super in depth, but just we can bounce around. So I will go first. <laughs> I got into real estate in 2004. At the time, real estate was pretty good. Uh, I was, you know, third generation real estate agent. And one of the things I learned early on was sales skills. One of the things I did not learn early on is how to run a business. And so, you know, I had some success and then the the market shifted pretty hard. And uh, that success quickly went away, as did all my money, and found myself in, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt, calling 
you know, debt consolidation places, just trying to, trying to find a way to live. <clears throat> and so what I had at that time was maybe what I didn't have at that time. I had no systems. Uh, I had no schedule. You know, there was no plan every day when I went into the office. What's my plan? You know, who am I calling? Uh, so I had no systems. I had no plans. It just, you know, those first few years in real estate, the phone rang. Uh, I had success at open house. I learned some sales skills. People were out there buying. And so there was things happening. So when the market shifted, you know, those things were not in place and I quickly took a turn uh, for me. So, I mean, the next question was where there make or break moments. And I think you're describing one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And yeah. Did you consider getting out at that point? Oh yeah. I, uh, for a season of my life, I got an insurance license, uh, was taking classes in insurance. I was looking for a way out. Actually, this was 2010, 11, I think it, you know, probably 11, um, after I had a few eye surgeries and lost a lot of money there. But, um, I, I told my wife, I'm like, I need to find a job that pays me $55,000 a year. I, I had that number in my mind and that has benefits and it happened to be in real estate, luckily. <clears throat> and so then I went into, was a real estate educator for, uh, three years. Yeah. Let's be clear. Those things aren't available for every realtor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got. I mean, <laughs> you, you lucky, got a whatever. job in the yeah. real estate space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's interesting about your response is it's easy to think of survival as the the worst times in that first few years or whatever. Yeah. But really, the whole phase is that you're on the edge of either being able to make the, make the bills work or not. How about you, Timmy? <clears throat> All three questions: When were you? Describe it, and then were there make or break? Did you ever get to consider getting out? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a odd duck because I was employed, um, by the company for the first, I mean, 10, 12 years of my real estate career. So I had my license, but I was the office manager. I was the, uh, ASC accountant, whatever else <laughs> that I was, but, um, but I didn't, I mean, I, I did in the early years, I did do some real estate, but it was all through the company cause I was paid as an employee. Um, you were doing some sales while yeah. working, while running the while office, managing the office. Yeah. Um, but in 2009, um, I think is when I said, okay, no more, I'm not going to be an employee anymore. <laughs> right about when I, when I showed yeah, up. When, when yeah. When Dylan came back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working for this guy. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the reason, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that was when I said, okay, it's time for me, which is kind of weird because it was 2009. Yeah. Um, but we had really found a niche in, in helping people buy, um, foreclosure homes, us buying foreclosure homes. Um, we did a lot of those during that time, buying investment properties. You were doing houses, a lot of short sales back then. A lot of short sales. Uh, we did a lot of rent to owns. Um, and so it was just a good niche for me to get in there. Um, but it was survival. I mean, we were, I was now on commission and wasn't getting my normal paycheck. And there were, there were months I remember like, oh, you know, crap, my whatever my mortgage payment needs, I need to transfer some money or this is not going to make it. So um, yeah, what's, what's interesting though about your story is it's not dissimilar from a lot of people's. And the question in the survival chapter is the extent to which, so both of you were able to fund your existence in part right. through revenue that you received, fortunately for you in real estate fields, but you had kind of jobs for a period of time. Right. They just weren't jobs that distracted you from real estate. You were able to learn in the space 
Um, and, and there's a debate in my head that I always have with new agents coming on in the survival phase is the extent to which you should be dependent upon other revenue because it, it does stabilize things for you. You don't live in this cycle of potential destruction financially, right. but it also distracts you from doing what you need to do to build your business. Yeah, I think the collaborative um, mindset is better that we've been getting into over the last you know couple of years. But um, you mean with teams and with stuff teams like that, teams and other people, and working with with other agents. Well, it creates that bridge for new agents in various ways, whether yeah. it's built, joining a team or just having referral based opportunities within the within the walls. But yeah, yeah, it does. But it also helps um, even somebody like well, like us, move from different like levels of that business. Um, because, you know, at some point in my business, I said, okay, I'm, I have too much to do. I need to hire an assistant. Well, you almost feel like you go back to survival because now you're, you have an employee that you have to pay in some fashion. And so you're kind of, I feel like you bounce back and forth a little bit between some of these levels as you're moving up the ladder. Um, well, you increase your risk, but you, you, in this scale, you're moving towards stability. In you're that moving phase. towards stability, but you also, you have some of those same uh, concerns financially yeah. about, okay, I got this person I got to pay now. Well, I suppose you and make so, some progress on systems and team, but you, right. you step back on money. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a period of time until those systems and those wheels are turning well. And, um, I remember adding my first, uh, assistant and then adding a full-time assistant, you know, part-time and then full-time. And, uh, each of those were scary steps, but mm-hmm. good ones to take. Raj, your story is also kind of unique because you, I don't know if you sold for at all independently, you stepped in as the owner of a brokerage right away, right? While selling. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to communicate it in the terms you're you're giving. I, I feel like, yeah, day one, I was a broker owner, um, which feels like I tried to be significant. You were me- trying to be meaningful through the business. Immediately. Immediately out of the block, I was trying to be at significance without ever experiencing survival, stability, or success. So within a very short period of time, I had 15 agents and four offices. Mm. And that threw me into survival mode. And so I literally spent about a decade in survival with a big team, which I think is why I'm so adverse to team right now, because, Mm. man, the... The, just the emotional feeling, just feeling that th- there really are two significant moments that stick with me. Uh, one was a point um, a little bit like Kyle's where I'd maxed out all my credit cards. I had bills that I saw in front of me. I needed to go show a house to generate a c- commission. And I wasn't sure if I had enough space on my card to put gas in my car mm. to be able to go show that house. And I will always remember that moment and just kind of the fear, not so much because of me, but because I know so many people live in that moment all the time. And that really affects me just knowing what that feels like. The other significant moment was the first time after I'd kind of been through that survival mode where I stopped being the broker owner, I helped somebody I didn't even know buy a house and they sat across the desk from me and they said, thank you. And I realized that was like the first time in a decade in real estate anybody had ever told me thank you for anything. And for a while, I kind of blamed everybody around me for that thing. You know, I had a bunch of thankless agents working for me. And, but more, as, as I've grown, I've thought, I, I've realized it's because I really didn't do anything worth 
people thanking me for. And so really that's been a turning point in my career to try to, I chase thank yous, not out of ego or, or adoration, but just because I, I want to do something that's worthy of thanks. I feel like I've got a lot of directions there. <laughs> do I need to thank you for helping me get into real estate? <laughs> I think you have I, recently, you, but you didn't for that first I, decade. No, I, <laughs> in fact, I didn't. You, you kind of smacked me in the face a couple of times. <laughs> More than once. Uh, well, I, for what it's worth, I, I know the feeling. And, and I think that's why you've been a supporter of us over the years, because you know what it feels yeah, like to sure. invest in people and sometimes. But yeah, let's not go down that path too far. Um, okay, so, so survival. You, your stories are all pretty diverse. And, and I... I guess th thinking about that, that, well, first of all, how long do you think you were in survival before we shift into this idea of starting to build a business, right? How long was that chapter for you, Carl? It's seven, eight years. Quite a while of just trying to plod through this thing. Before I got to the, the business part of it, yeah. That, that seems like a long time to be surviving. Yeah, I sucked. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel like that was because the lack of systems? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot played into that. I mean, obviously, the market kind of shifted market, at that yeah. time when I didn't really know what I was doing, had a little success, and then it shifted on me. And But it was a long time, not just kind of floundering around. Not And I didn't know what I was doing in those seven or eight years. I learned sales skills, but, you know, not how to run a business. So I'm curious the extent to which you would perceive that as a function of, I, I don't think we helped you build your business. I think you did it. I think our company has always been oriented around the idea of building. I mean, look at this piece of paper here, the 14 year old piece of paper that when we built this, honestly, I didn't even know that we knew what the heck we were talking about here, but we knew the idea was right. Um, I, I'm wondering if you're in an environment that's very much about sales skills versus, hey, build a system that produces outcomes, uh, the extent to which that's a part of that shift then. I'm not looking for any... Uh, no, I can, I can tell you, like, that's what I learned. Seven or eight years, sales skills, and two things happened at the same time. I got into coaching, and I came here. And there was a shift in thoughts and teaching about running a business that it's not just you're going selling houses and, you know, making sales, but you're, you know, you, you are running a business. So that, you know, 2014, 15, in that range <clears throat> was the first time in my career where I, it wasn't a hobby, it wasn't just kind of going through the motions, it was putting systems in place, you know, uh, starting, you know, an S-Corp that I was actually running a business. And that didn't happen until 11 years in real estate. And it's not like anyone here had a perfect roadmap for that, right? You just started to think differently about yep. what you were doing when you showed up to work every day. Absolutely. Um, how about you? How, how long would you say your, cause again, your story is kind of unique. You had some source of revenue while trying to get your feet underneath you. Yeah, I had, I did. And, um, and I was also building relationships, you know, with people and with, um, yeah, just my sphere of influence was growing, uh, during that time already when I was employed. And so, um, I feel like I was probably only in survival for a year, maybe, maybe two, um, before I really needed an assistant and was moving up into that stability phase. During that period of time, your business phase. I guess you weren't married until later on. You were single through, when did you get, when did you get married? 
2005. I was going to mention other sources of income, so. but really that, yeah, that was midstream yeah. in your career. Yeah. So when I started, um, when I started just being an agent in 2009, um, I was married and had that. I mean, we, we had another income. Another, yep. Yeah. So that, that definitely helps. Um, but we were also at a point where we were very invested into the Buffini system. Um, and I got a coach pretty quick after I started just yep. being an agent. And that definitely helps uh, move well, you along in the process. Well, I'll ask you guys, and Raj, I haven't got to you yet, but time. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious. It. Okay, other sources of income certainly help get through the survival phase. So if you if you have a source of revenue, if you have a bunch of savings, if you have a spouse that makes money, if you have a job that you're lucky enough to get that is inside of the real estate space, those are all, well, good for you, right? I mean, those are great uh, resources to have. Not everyone has those, but the other factor is just time. <coughs> to what extent is just being able to, it feels like just being able to hang on. Like we always talk about the magical three-year mark. And somehow after three years, all of a sudden, even if you weren't not, you have to show up, you have to do the inputs, mm -hmm. but it does feel like something magically happens in time. To what extent is just being present and, and having the capacity to stay plugged in for a period of time, one of the just keys to success? I remember just being in the office and leads, you know, whether it be, hey, I got this new construction. So I jumped on a couple, two or three working with builders just because I was in the office. Another agent was looking for someone to partner. And it, I mean, it's just about, it's just about being around. And it, I had this conversation with one of my agents the other day where they felt like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm so lucky. Well, you get lucky in this business, which you, when you put yourself in the path of business. And so you talk about just being around, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. We do get lucky and this is an amazing industry to be in. But I think if you kind of go through, put the system in place, and do what you're supposed to be doing, you are going to get lucky. Uh, and so some of that's just you know being around, being in the office, being around other people that are uh, selling real estate. And I think there's a lot to learn. I agree with that. I mean, I I, I remember telling newer agents like you just got to go to you know, realtor open houses, you got to go see properties yourself so that you see what's selling and just being around other people that are doing this, you get to hear stories, you get to learn and there and opportunities are made. I mean, you don't want to make it sound like, Hey, if you can just show up, hang out for three years, eventually the business is going to show up. You got to be right. motivated. You got to do the inputs, right. but I, I can't discredit the, the reality that some people are successful in this business because they were able to survive for long enough that eventually the wheels started to turn. What did, what did you have to add to this? Yeah, um, I was just trying to think through the math of that calendar over the 25 years. So I would say my first 15 years, I was in survival to stability mode, those two levels, just trying to find stability. So that would have been from 97 to 2012 kind of matches some of uh, Kyle's timeline. Um, the last 10 years, I would say in 2012, 13, I would say I hit success level, but I was, I had given up kind of all of the brokerage and the development. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was just going to be a realtor at that point. And that's when I started recognizing success. Um, but also I think it is meaningful. You said having another source of income or having a partner in that my wife was really part of my business for the first 11 years. 
And then in uh, 2008, she went to work for the city. And really, so during the most difficult four years of survival and stability, she was a secondary source mm -hmm. with benefits and a job and a salary coming in. And It's a real thing. Uh, and I don't want to ever discredit it because uh, increasingly I'm just realizing everyone comes with a different story and different situations and different mm -hmm. financial opportunities and and so every person we encounter and bring on board, we've got to consider those things. We, we want to focus on the things we can control. You've got to show up. You've got to get trained. You've mm -hmm. got to be present. Like you said, you get lucky when you happen to be around um, and you've got to do the inputs. Um, but some people are in a position where they can hang on for longer than others. And the truth is, that sounds like luck of the draw, but it is true that if you have another source of revenue, that doesn't distract you from showing up. Right. You're at a better spot than someone who doesn't. Right. Okay. So shift with me to, uh, shift with me to business then. And, uh, again, it's stability success, but play with the business language. So, uh, where, when, when would you say your business, uh, Kyle, you've already touched on it. When did your business journey, uh, shift into a, the business phase? Yeah. 14, 15. So it was somewhere in there. And like I said, I got into coaching. I came here. Define the coaching thing. Uh, so Tom Ferry coaching, okay. and I've had the same coach for the last six years. He's an, he's an agent uh, in Las Vegas. <clears throat> but, you know, he would push me to do things I didn't want to do <laughs> and still uh -huh. does that. And <laughs> one of them was hire an assistant. And I'm like, I, I don't want to pay an assistant. I, I need that money, right? Yep. And some of that's kind of where I had come from a few years before. So making decisions like that, you know, like I said, setting up the S Corp, started paying myself a salary, hired an assistant, um, and then the, the team started to grow a little bit. I had a CRM, like a real CRM for the first time in my life uh, around that moment, <clears throat> you know, where before it was just kind of wherever those those people were, I hope to reach out to them at some point, but had no plan to follow up with people. Uh, not Nothing was in place. Um, and so really it was about that time when, systems began to put in place. I hired people uh, to come alongside me. And then, like I say, got into coaching. So yeah, you, you're touching on that next question. Like what makes what you have today a, a business, right? And so you're talking about some of the systems, CRM, but also some support staff. Mm -hmm. um, what systems have actually helped? I mean, other than a CRM, what systems would you say help make that shift? Because we talk about systems a lot. Yeah. And it sounds like a big blase word, but um, I think we actually, well, even looking back at this, we listed some of the systems that we needed, but it's different for everyone. And so I guess I'm just curious, like what makes your business a business? Uh, lead sources, you know, I mean, so you go back to five spokes. And so it was about that time I started actually spending money on my business for leads. That's good. <clears throat> um, you know, we did some farming. Zillow, that's right, 2015 was when I started buying leads on Zillow. And again, first time in my life that I actually paid money to do leads. And, you know, I learned something about myself. We talk about being a converter and learn something about myself and my ability. I didn't know what that meant at the time I started doing it until, you, know, you didn't know that you were a converter because there was right. no language for yeah, that, but, right. but it was an insight you had about how you needed to structure your five spokes. Yeah. And so as that grew, I started spending more money there and more money on leads Good. and, uh, you know, started growing that way. A CRM, I talked about it, but spreadsheets for me, like I wanted 
those leads and my SOI in as many places. I, I never had them anywhere, but all of a sudden they had spreadsheets for everything. I had my CRM, you know, whiteboard, just writing names down of people that I can, you know, here's some potential listings coming up. I want to make sure I didn't forget about them. Scrolling through my text, like from the bottom up, and I, you know, I don't want to delete text. So I, from the bottom up and just making sure who haven't I talked to, I need to make sure I'm in front of them, uh, you know, follow up until they buy, die or restraining order. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, those things for the first time in my life were, you know, real and part of my business. And for you, what the shift sounds like, at least to some extent, or maybe largely, it's about a mindset shift that happened. Yeah, yeah for sure. How about you? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, for me, I would say I probably started moving into the business uh, level um, 2012. Um, I mean, I feel like I was 2011, 2012, because uh, that was when I got a coach, and that was when I started that accountability um, piece of it. I feel like that's that's an, it's not a system, um, but it's a thing where you have somebody that's pushing you uh, to do things that you don't want to do, just like Kyle said. I think it's the very definition of a system. You have yeah. a, a call yeah. that has every to happen week, now every true. week, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and so that was really good for me. I do I do well with uh, consistency and uh, doing the same things uh, over and over again. And so um, I was pretty good with notes. I was pretty good with calls. I was not good at like doing client parties because um, I think I'm better one on one uh, with people. But I did start doing those in 20, uh, I would say probably 2013. And I feel like that was, that, was a, that was a significant moment to do a client party, to have it be successful, um, mm -hmm. and to see the outcome of that, where those relationships are growing, you're starting to get more referrals, um, and those have just improved over time. So, Prior to that, because you're very Buffini-esque. Yes. Um, your client communications and stuff a little more sporadic. So you talked about, Kyle, the intentionality around your five spokes and your lead generation and buying leads. For you, your shift was into more systematized communication to your database, to client database. parties, Popeyes, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started um, like a weekly call with my sellers, a weekly call with my buyers. I mean, just purposeful time blocked out uh, to call those people who are either a current transaction, um, or a relationship. And so um, just having that time and that system It's set just up. funny how these things come back to these four levers. It comes back to systems. And then I think yeah. we have to start thinking, well, what does that mean? Because I want to have a, a systems-based business. But when you start to list those things, but then the, the other one you mentioned earlier, Kyle, was money. You started to invest in. I think the rule of thumb is 10% needs to in be coming business, in into yeah. marketing and whatever lead gen at least. Um, but now you're talking about, I think team came up, but what did you just mention? Um, Client communications. No, no, darn it. Uh, uh, it, it dropped out of my head, but it's, it's oh. the four, it's systems. Time, time, time blocking. You mentioned time management. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that's actually not listed here, but controlling your time is one of these functions, these factors that you have to systematize. Right. And yeah. you, not just on and the lead side, but also on the client services side, seller well, feedback. Yeah. And one of the things too, I, I purposefully would go to the office every day um, at 830. I mean, this is, if this is a business then I'm going to the office, I'm going to do these I things. Have a job. The I have a job. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it wasn't until I was probably in the success or significance realm that I would start working more from home uh, or not going into the office. But I, I or 
working from somewhere else. <laughs> well, it's back to Roger's point. Sometimes we want to jump. We want to jump ahead and have all the freedoms that real estate creates. But you actually, to get those freedoms, to earn them, yeah, you, you got to put in the work. Yes, show up and build a business that gives you that freedom. You don't right. just get that day one. So time management was a big thing. You're still following. I mean, today you have a much more loose calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a little little less uh, strict as, than it was before. But, um, but I'm still in the office almost every day. Um, what makes what you have today a business and not just uh, you're a salesperson? Um, th- that there are systems in place that, that I am going to. I, I still have a job to do uh, for my people and my database. Um, I am their, you know, house doctor. I'm the person they rely on when they have a question and, and I'm, I'm continuing to do those systems. Some of them I have handed off, uh, to an assistant, um, or if my schedule doesn't allow, they fill in. Um, and so having a team, um, having those systems in place, I think. Well, I look back to Emeth revisited a, a businesses, um, systems run the business, people run the systems. A non-business is when people run the business. And so the systems is the key between those two things. You can handle the business with systems to other people, yes. but you can't handle for you. Right. Uh, and so when I'm looking at this survival disability, you start to run your business like a business. That's the mindset shift that getting the coaching, starting to structure things better. Success, we defined as your business runs when you don't. And that's the idea that certain things now can start happening, even if you're not the one driving them. Right. Roger, you're in a different space on this. You, you, I, I feel like you would be inclined to want to argue that you have a business sometimes because, uh, well, you're just contrarian for one thing. But uh, um, how would you, when, when does your shift happen to business? In what ways would you say that what you have today is or isn't a business compared to before? So I would say uh, my business ownership started in 2012 which ironically is when I got rid of all my businesses. Um, <laughs> you got rid of the brokerage, but you opened a real estate salesperson business. Is that? Yeah, not just the brokerage. I, you know, I've heard the phrase, um, failure is the best teacher. Mm. Um, over that 15 years, I'd had various levels of success in various aspects of real estate, but I also had a lot of failure. So I I'd built some houses but I'd also lost money building houses. I'd done some development. Mm -hmm. I'd made some good money, but I also lost money doing development. I'd done commercial. I'd done ag real estate. Um, I'd been on uh, municipal boards uh, relative to real estate. So I had just kind of this broad uh, field of both success and I think more importantly, failure. So when I started a realtor business in 2012, I had a fairly unique resume. Um, so I still am not good at systems. I have terrible systems other than ProPath, which is my only system and I absolutely <laughs> love it. I, and what, I, I love ProPath too, just so you know. <laughs> well, let's not sell ProPath, but, but ProPath is what? Uh, it's a uh, leads man, kind of CRM. a customer, what do you call it? I'd call it a CRM. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know that stuff. Yeah, it's a CRM. But for any of our new agents, what we have in your spreadsheets where you run your forecast top to bottom and yeah. you rank your people and you, Pro-Path. that's ProPath. It's yeah. just a, a old version of it. Yeah. Yeah, so I love my CRM. And, you know, I heard, uh, 
Kyle. his name Kyle. Kyle. Um, <laughs> I heard Kyle say he's got 50 pendings at any given time. Yeah, over the last three or four years, I've had 20 to 30 at any given time. But there's generally only about five or six clients in those 20 or 30 pendings. But to be able to manage those client relationships well and those pendings well. And so, so yeah, for me, it's not about systems. It's about breadth of knowledge. It's about what I can offer to the client that is unique and I'm going to say at some level advanced beyond what, what most realtors can. I think where, argues the wrong word, but where I would frame that differently than you is when you start to narrow your focus into those 12, 15 people that you intentionally now are marketing and serving, that was a decision to get hyper-focused on your five spokes. That's not dissimilar from Kyle's deciding to focus on Zillow. I don't know what five spokes are. Uh, five spokes is just an intentional lead generation. Like you need mm. to have a diversified lead generation strategy, but you need to know what it is and have a plan of action for it. Yeah. And that's what we teach our new agents yeah. is you can't just show up and wing it every day. Kyle figured out seven to eight years in where to go focus his energy You've done that too. Absolutely, yeah. And it's produced a high yield for you yeah. in a low uh, input space. You, yes. you figured out the guys that produce the big revenue for yeah, you. You said it much better than And me. you're serving them well. And I think that's a system. I think that's a business because it's not showing up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and just going, what do I do today? It's a marketing strategy. And that is a systematic approach to that's building a business. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Well, it's working well. For You're you. telling me I am good at systems. I'm telling Thanks, you, Dylan. you have a very loose relationship with systems, <laughs> but that's where you flourish. Yeah. It's not, not a system. You just don't want to be constrained by it. And the way you built your system creates that liberty and freedom for you. And that's the big thing about systems is people who are anti-systems. Most of that fear is they don't want to be constrained and I think what you have to figure out is that to produce freedom for yourself, you first have to con create some constraints that allow you to produce freedom out mm -hmm. of that. You, ha you have to go do some time blocking. Blocking mm -hmm. off times to do things seems like it's losing time, but actually the truth is it's giving you the rest of your time back. Mm -hmm. um, so business, uh, I'm just trying to think about how else we would dig into your side of that. What makes your business a business? And then the team side of that is sort of the next progression for you. I'm ready to go to legacy. You want to talk about legacy? Whenever you're ready, because I, I feel like that's, that's, your heart's always that's more exciting to me. Okay, well, why don't you start than, there? Um, and so, I, I think it has to do with business, and I'm, I'm going to weird you out. You hate it when I do this, because I'm going to take it a little bit spiritual. We invited you into this room, yeah. partly because of who you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's this really sweet... Um, Bible passage in 2 Corinthians 9. I was wondering what you were looking up. Yeah. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, starting verse 10, says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to, the, and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And that has been happening spiritually um, in my business, and it becomes a bit of a chicken and egg sort of thing. Am I generous first, and then uh, resources are provided to continue that, 
or do I get these resources and then I respond with generosity? And that's the legacy model, which I think really drives my business um, in some spiritual way. So do with that as you will. Well, we've talked about this at length, and I, I think to try and restate that, I believe the way you've chosen to approach the business is from a belief set that <clears throat> if you do right with what you've been um, given, given, and you are meaningful with that, uh, why would you not be given more? And so you work hard to be a diligent steward of all your harvest, <laughs> because why would God not provide you more than to go do good stuff with? Yeah, so the reality is for the last 10 years, I continue to be given more. But I don't think that's a promise or a guarantee. And I actually, when I, when I started by saying, hold on as long as you can, I expect to start seeing that turning the other way. And I'm really excited to see what generosity looks like in that space. Um, because when, when you ultimately, when you get to it, the most generous person that Jesus ever met mm -hmm. in the Bible was the woman who gave her last two pennies away. It wasn't the guy giving a ton of money away because he was rich. And so you want to get to two pennies is what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, Let's find out. I honestly do. I'd like to hit that at the right time. <laughs> but, now uh, I'm gone. And that's where you yeah. and I not disagree, but we've yeah. had lots of fun debates yeah. about stuff like this. I, I don't want to get to two pennies. I want to get to two billion, not two billion, yeah. but I want to be able to tap out and go, no, my kids aren't getting anything. Yeah. They don't need anything. I've raised them well. What I've got, I'm going to allocate to a, a legacy. And legacy can mean so many different things. Um, and I think you're touching on one element of it, but because, uh, and let me just frame legacy then in, in my mind. Legacy to me is what you're talking about, the, the capacity to use this business to do meaningful things in the world. So Tammy, touch on uh, overflow, for example, right? And mm -hmm. so many, and what we've done with Orphans of Tessa. And what you're saying is you're, Roger, you're, you've got this revenue and you're using it to do amazing things in people's lives around you. Giving it away, it's like a hot potato for you, right? Like you get the money, the first thing you want to do is find something meaningful to do with it that isn't about you buying a nice car. Yeah, that's overstating my level of generosity. I would love to get to be where you just well, said. Well, you still got I'm, I'm expenses. I'm not there yet. Because yeah. you still have to pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. But I still live very comfortably. So, yeah, that's overstating it. Fair enough. But <laughs> I do believe that that legacy model for me, driven by that passage, says yep. I, I, I think it's going to turn at some point and I'm going to start being less and less successful business wise yep. and hopefully more and more successful in terms of generosity. So I want to open up doors for other versions of legacy because I think legacy yep. also can mean the capacity to pass it on to another generation of new agents that are showing up that never had the, like what you're doing with Bo and, and frankly, what you helped me do and launch my career and um, Tammy team members, Kyle, your team. I think that's a part of legacy where we build something, we create excess and then into that excess, we have the capacity to help fund other people's capacity to start their, start their business. That mm -hmm. to me is a beautiful picture of legacy. I think of changing family trees probably because of my personal story as a, a legacy. And I'm not just talking financially. I mean, I didn't grow up with a business mindset. I didn't grow up thinking that making money could be something that's not dirty. I, I, does that make sense? Like, yeah. And now I'm like, geez, the more I can create, the more I can do good with it. And so that to me, imparting that into my kids who are entrepreneurial in the way they think about the world. Um, well, we were just talking about a real estate family earlier that has done lots of things in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I won't name names, but I think when you approach this with the right mindset, building a business and, and showing up to do the hard work to create freedom for yourself isn't selfish if what you intend to do with your spare time is to go make a meaningful impact in the lives of people around you in lots of different ways. So I think legacy can mean lots of things. So I do want to ask, so what does legacy, um, well, no, forget that. I, I want to back up. <laughs> Today, I think you guys are in a legacy phase of your business. And what that means is if we go back to survival, success, significance, you do have businesses that to some extent are autonomous. I don't think you can stop for five years. But I do think any of you could go away for a month, give somebody else the keys to your car, show up, and a whole bunch of sales would have still happened. It's magical. So I think you're there. I think on leads, you're in abundance. You have more leads than you actually personally want to serve. You're, there's an overflow there. I think you've created some unique teamwork in the sense that you have team members that are better than you at certain things. And that frees you up to be focused on the parts that you actually love even more. That's legacy to me. And I think you're all making a significant profit. You're making, well, I would be so bold as to say a lot of you are making more money than you thought you would make. I think a lot of our agents in our company are there. So what I want to ask is how does lead systems, team, and money look for you today as is my description of significance or legacy accurate in where your business is today, Carl? What is the specific question? <laughs> Describe your business today okay. because your business is in a legacy phase. Mm -hmm. And as I've described it, how, how would you say it is or isn't? Yes. So, I mean, it is a business and I can be gone or go play golf or, you know, do something else. And it, it doesn't miss a beat. And so Laura, who is on the admin side and, you know, probably works a whole lot more than she should, <laughs> um, you know, I... She's running that side of it. And, you know, Natalina on the, you know, some of the marketing and operations side. and um, Which is their unique ability and that's yeah. the stuff they mm -hmm. love to do. Yeah. And so then Lisa, who's one of our agents, is doing one-on-ones with our agents, uh, our newer agents, and, you know, just investing into them. And <clears throat> so there's a lot of pieces that are in place where if I'm trying to do all that, it, it wouldn't happen. So, mm. you know, we've, we've built a business now that it's just kind of running. And half the time I feel like I'm, you know long for the ride but there's a lot of things happening that that's what they say about you largely <laughs> <laughs> probably so but i could leave for a week and we would still probably sell five or six houses and everything would run smoothly because the right pieces are in place you know it's like the we're always looking up the mountain and there's always more work to be done there's always a ton of things this is a little bit of a look back off the boat kind of moment where when i looked at this piece of paper i go whoa we got a lot of people that have have built businesses that have produced the kinds of freedoms you're talking about revenue and other freedoms, right? So how about you? How would you, in what way, Tammy, is your business in this legacy phase? Well, definitely just that I'm able to leave um, and things still happen. Um, and, and that has been a huge blessing. I mean, we do love to travel and um, everyone knows we're, we have a place in Puerto Rico that we like to spend time at. And this year we will have, I will have spent um, eight or nine weeks away um, and things still happen, and that, um, and that is significant. I mean, that is the ability to be out and um, and have things still occur that need to happen in the business. So, the uh, secondly, um, just having the right people in place. Um, you know, I I do think there's been pieces of the last year and a half that have been 
Uh, I've taken a step back and tried to do some of it myself and realize I'm not a quick start all the time. And so um, I needed to rehire an assistant um, because mine was kind of moving more into that buyer space and uh, I wasn't quick to do that. So I feel like it took me a step back. Um, but now that that's back in place, I see where uh, it will quickly just be right back to where it was that the people that I have in place can do what they're good at um, and uh, we can continue moving forward. So it's, yeah, I feel like I'm in a, in a good spot and um, plan to continue to be out uh, several weeks a year. So. Well, so as we keep going around, Roger, you can jump in first, but so I guess let's go to what does legacy then mean to you? So like what has your business afforded you? Cause I, I, I there's lots in this room that are going on, but what is your, this phase of business open, what doors has it opened up for you? Um, having come from a place of survival where you had to figure out how to pay the bills, having yeah. worked for years now to build a business that does create some opportunities, what doors has real estate at this phase open for you? Yeah, so so I am definitely in a business phase and primarily related to the three people I've mentioned, Bo and Ethan and Jen. I'm really grateful for all three of them, although they're all three at very different levels of uh, collaboration with me. But I do hope that I will have 15 years with each of those three individuals mm -hmm. and they will experience success and failure, hopefully not as much failure as I did, um, but maybe they'll learn from me and those 15 years of failure that I had w without having to go through some of that. So I'm certainly learning from each of those three individuals. They're probably all three better realtor than I am a realtor, but the breadth of experience that I have is helpful to each of them as they see their careers grow. And so I hope 15 years from, well, 10 years from now, that I'll end a relationship with those guys and that will be part of the legacy. I won't leave them anything financially or meaningful other than just experience and knowledge that will have been helpful to them. I think that is part of the legacy. Do you ever think, because you said 15 and it shocked me, um, not because I don't think you got 15 left in you, but <laughs> 15 is such a long time. And I, I could imagine that statement to be true in five years. Not that you'd be done, but I could imagine another chapter of, it's not kids and grandparents, kids and grandkids. I mean, at some point, Bo, Ethan, like these people that you're mentoring, right? Or have mentored, they're moving on to, uh, uh, yeah, is my no question qu making sense? Yeah, no question. That's what I'm saying. They're all three better realtor than, than I am. Um, but hopefully the collaboration is still valuable um, in various ways. Um, I just think you're going to touch more lives than just theirs in the next 10 to 15 years. <coughs> yeah. In, in real estate specifically. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, you weren't planning to have Bo or collaborate with uh, any of these individuals. But yeah, things, yeah. I just think 15 years is a long time. I think you're going to have a lot more of that. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Well, 10 more years, and so maybe that's true. And you're right, I didn't choose any of that. It was all kind of thrust upon me, which is, <laughs> which is really cool. And that's why I think there's a spiritual piece to all of this mm -hmm. that is meaningful. Um, 
Uh, but yes, I also do want to say absolutely in agreement with both Kyle and Tammy, part of being moving from the business to that, that, that last phase is being able to get away. And I certainly embrace that. Well, and not so much uh, when you say that, are you speaking more leisure? Because I think that is a component of it. Uh, I think a lot of your Puerto Rico time is you and Chris saying, we'd love to go sit on the beach and put our feet up because we put a lot of time in. For you, you're also doing a lot of, I mean, what are you doing with your... Yeah, it's both. It's both. Certainly, I just got back from two weeks in Zambia yeah. and said I would never go again. And it is it is a bear of a travel to get there and back. But I hopefully can talk Lisa into going. I would like to go again. Um, to, to follow up on really valuable stuff that's happening there. But then in a couple, in a week, I'm going to Palm Springs to relax by the pool for a week. So both of those things but are you're occurring. Digging into the part that I think people need to hear you, your real estate business has produced an opportunity for you and Rob. Now your brother, you guys have been up in Ghana quite frequently for the last, what, five years, seven years, I yeah. think. Yeah. And now you're doing some work in Zambia. So maybe tell a little bit about what you're doing there, but also I guess I'm looking for, what you're a picture of someone that's created a business that has created a context for them to go and reallocate their time, energy, brain, resources to do yeah. cool things. Yeah, really, my brother Rob has opened the door for, for us to get into Zambia. And we went over there a couple of weeks ago just to meet these 40 pastors that were distributing funds to so that they can feed and provide water and housing and farming for literally the, the poorest people on the face of our earth right now. And I don't say that as any sort of a, anything other than just respect for the survival mode that those folks are in. But to get to meet those people and was thinking that the, the legacy there might be to figure out how to really care for those 40, 40 communities um, over the next decade. But as we've come back, there's now, now I'm aware that there's like a thousand of those communities and I want to, I want to be involved with all 1000 of them, which is why I do need to continue to do real estate for this, the significant future, because there's a lot of people with a lot of needs on our globe. And I think that's what I'm fishing for. I th suspect that if you weren't, if your business in real estate wasn't what it was today, that opportunity might not be as uh, available to you as what no it is. No question. Absolutely. Real estate created that context for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I see that. I see that in lots of people's stories. And that's, that's the part I'm trying to fish for. There's a heck of a lot of work to surviving. And it takes a lot of time to build this business. But I believe there's an amazing space we can get to if we can do it right. Yeah. And I think you're living that to some extent. Yeah. 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 Most people think of what would fall under the mission sort of category as something you you raise money for and you connect to an outside organization and there's all of these processes that, that allow you to have an experience. But really for us, for me, real estate is allowed. We don't raise any money. We, we just go do it. It pays your bills. And, and man, I, I saw feasting with some of the hungriest people in the earth on the face of the earth. And it was just absolute joy. These people are eating, Something, you know, I, in, in America, we, I told, told everybody over there, I try hard not to overeat. That's my problem is I want to eat too much. <laughs> and I'm confessing that to people who just would give anything to have a little bit of cornmeal. And yeah. what a joy, what a joy. Mm. And real estate absolutely has made it possible. So why don't you speak to that, Tammy? Uh, how has your business opened doors to do, do well, what does legacy mean for you and how's that look for you? Yeah, I mean, 
in the simplest terms, I mean, legacy means to me that you're leaving something behind to, to somebody else. And whether that's knowledge or experience or the right words to say um, or something more tangible like um, giving people some, what, what Roger's talking about, giving people something that they absolutely need. Um, I mean, I think that's what legacy means. And and for us, I mean, in 2011, um, you know, we were we were in a good spot that, you know, my business was growing and we had some rental properties. And, um, you know, my husband and I really just felt like there were things being you know, thrown away that could be used for something else. And that's, that's how we started overflow and, and, um, excuse me. Um, the, yeah, I I forgot where I was going exactly with that, but it, it, uh, the opportunity that was there with the tenants that we had, with the properties we had, with the relationships we had, uh, allowed us to start something that was super small, um, where we were, sponsoring two kids through uh, two additional kids. Like we already had a couple of kids that of our own that we were sponsoring. And then we added a couple more through this process of taking stuff that people were leaving behind and, and selling it once a month. Um, so jump ahead on that. So you now run a, while running so, your real estate business and your team, you run a, yeah. uh, well, I'm this, thinking about the revenue. Like you're, you're, This year we'll, we'll probably hit a million dollars in sales. You're doing a million dollars in sales in a retail space, repurposing, what do you call it? Thrift store. Thrift store that is a nonprofit that yep. spits out. How much uh, did you guys spit out in gift gift money last year? Uh, last year, oh, yeah. I don't remember what last year was, $100,000 last yeah. year. Um, we just passed a, a half a million dollars overall. And same question, right? That would not have been possible, but for having built a real estate business the way you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the ability to build relationships. I mean, the, the store has not happened on, on my shoulders alone by any means. Bunch of people. Yeah. It's, it's the, the teamwork, the collaboration, the, hey, um, you know, one of the relationships I have with Dean Jensen that a lot of people know here introduced me to one of the other co-founders of Overflow. And so, just building those relationships, using the opportunities that those afford, yeah. um, that has that has been what real estate has afforded me. And a bunch Produced. of time in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and a bunch of time in Puerto Rico <coughs> with puppies. Uh, yeah, you're, you're on some pup, puppy rescue mission now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're shipping a bunch of puppies back to the U.S.? From- uh, all of the Caribbean islands have a significant problem with stray animals, and uh, one of them is puppies. Uh, they don't get them spayed uh, and neutered and then they procreate and there's lots of puppies everywhere. So one of the things that we do is when we fly, we bring puppies back to a rescue either in Iowa or Minnesota or someplace close by um, who are then getting them uh, adopted out. So that's so, cool. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? What does legacy look like? Yeah. Rod said a little bit ago, but he talked about, he said the word excess and, you know, I think about three areas, business and personal and spiritual. And, you know, business wise, you know, we've got 150, 200 leads coming in a month. And so now we've got a team of, you know, 15 of us who are getting in front of people and selling houses. And I think of, you know, there's three or four in my team that are, I mean, they're all great people, but there's three or four that are always thankful, like, and tell you all the time, like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That makes me want to, get more, but 
you know, so, you know, to experience that and to see how much success they have because of the system we have in place uh, and not, you know, they work hard and they've got their own skill set, but, you know, the leads that we have in place are a big part of the success they're having. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's cool to be a part of, you know, from a business standpoint and, you know, so there's, there's excess to have where there was a day where for me to give up a lead, that wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And for now, and now it's like, Oh yeah, they can have it. Phone <clears throat> rings. Yeah. You know, they can have it. So, you know, to feel the freedom to do that is a cool place to be. You're uh, creating an opportunity for others to step into the same journey. Yeah. Some of whom just need to be uh, helped along at the beginning in different ways. All of us were right. Yeah. If not for the luck of that coaching job, if not for the luck of working in a real estate company, I mean, okay, luck's maybe the wrong word, but we've all had things happen in our lives that helped us get to where we, I mean, part of it was hard work, but part yeah. of it was just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. And so you're creating the right place at the right time for people. I love that you went that way because that's how I feel about my business. When I look at our employees that get to have jobs um, that are in their unique ability because we've created a space that makes jobs for people, that to me is part of legacy. We get to build a work environment where people are hopefully treated with dignity and respect and love what they do. Um, that legacy, the danger in survival business legacy is that we get stuck on the idea that this means we all have to open a nonprofit. Right. And that's just, I think that's not, that it is a part of it. It's possible. You can do that. That's what, uh, what was it called? Uh, our, our nonprofit. Uh, impact. Well, not oh. impact. The other, I should know this. Um, uh, I impact eyes. and improve the yeah. I three. Yeah. is the name of our nonprofit, but, uh, I think there's so much more to legacy. Uh, there's this beautiful opportunity to leverage business as a vehicle to go and do something meaningful with your life. Yeah. And one of the things we actually talk about at overflow is, is what our impact is and what the, um, what the mission moment is, because it's not just about how much money we're giving away. Um, it's the fact that, we have people in town that get to shop at our store because, yes. you know, and it's the, the fact that we have employees who absolutely love their job. Um, and, you know, there's, there's other stories that are told besides just uh, the money that's being given away or that side of things. My bad for starting and, there. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's okay. I mean, that, that is what we, what we often think about, but there's, yeah. there's always more to the story. I kind of jumped in. Was there more on your side? Oh, I was just talking about legacy, the business, personal, I think of my family and, you know, you talked about setting up a future for your kids, but it, I mean, obviously it's a lot more than money, but we, you know, we have investment properties, you know, uh, which probably goes on the business side, but we think of it for our family. You know, we got that house in Palm Springs, I don't know why you didn't call me, but we got the house in Palm Springs, uh, you know, which is part business, but you know, we're last year we went over Christmas and we're going to go over Christmas again. And so there's, there's that aspect and, and just the, the spiritual aspect. And one struggle for me is like, okay, I have an excess of money that I not had, well, at least in my mind, not had before. And so what I don't want it to be is, okay, I, I want to be generous. Like I always want to be generous with my money, but I want to be generous in other areas with my time and, yeah. uh, you know, my passion for things and love for things. And feel myself falling into traps sometimes like, okay, Hey, I'll give to this. I've done my, done my work. I've done my deed. And I, I want to be careful in my mind uh, and with my life that if I have ex excess of money, 
that just, that's not the only thing I'm given. And so, although I feel like maybe I'm, you know, I said in the beginning, approaching that, that legacy, like, man, there's so much more to it and feel so far from it. So, well, yeah. it's a, not a burden, it's a responsibility. And you guys have all, a lot of our agents have worked really, really hard to get to where they are. What a cool opportunity to have created for yourselves, partly by your work, partly by just chance and good fortune to be in a place where what you are, uh, we always tease the 1%, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of the world, to be in a place where you have a business that produces excess revenue for you and some freedoms in your life, that puts you in the top one-tenth of 1% of all of humanity over time. Yes. And so what a cool thing to, I, I think this is just a moment of looking back and reflection on that to be grateful for what we have. Roger's sliding out, but thanks for your time. Okay, so let's wrap this up real quick. Um, uh, rapid fire questions, because we're, we're at an hour 12 already. So when you started, I think you've already t- kind of touched on this. When you started, did you envision at all that you would be where you are today? <laughs> no. No way. Not even close, right? Not even close, no. No, I, th- no. I mean, for me, I think I was just like, I just want to make you know enough to... Uh, I've shared that story with you before about Chad Ireland being at the Coal Banker uh, you know, um, awards thing. And every year he's going up there and I'm like, well, that's cool. I just want to sell 20 houses, you know, and <laughs> pay the bills for my family. Never, never dreamed. Not, not my wildest dreams. So. Oh yeah. Never, never. I mean, both in my business, both in overflow as well. Never did I think either one of those would be where they're Why at. is that question so important for people to hear? Because I think, I mean, our vision is very short-sighted. Mm. And That's why when Roger said 15 years and he's going to make some impact with Bo and them, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're going to have so much, <laughs> much more, more impact than that. Than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, we just don't, we, we don't see the full picture and, and how much impact we can have. It's important too, because it's a, it's achievable. I mean, like I'm convinced, like yes. if I can do it, then, yeah. then many people can yeah. do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking back on all the stuff, these handouts from before, it, it was an idea that we knew was right. Um, and you guys are three of many agents in our company that are living in the significance legacy space. And I, I guess just like you guys never would have imagined that you individually would be there. I don't think I ever imagined we'd have a company with this many agents producing what they're producing, living the lives, having the freedoms that they have. And we've got a lot of new agents coming in here today. And I believe real estate is a gift. I believe this business is a gift. I think it's one of the coolest. It's why I'm so darned um, vocal and protective of the industry in different ways. Cause I truly feel like I landed my butt in the butter in this, <clears throat> in this industry, but we've also got to work our tails off to earn that spot in this business. And like Roger said, there's plenty of ways to fail, but I think there is a journey here. And I think most people never leave survival. I think there's agents in 15 and 20 year business cycles that have never left survival. And I don't think we've got the recipe for success other than we've got a different idea and a different mindset because we've seen and believe that if you build something that actually provides value for people, that um, depending on the language you want to use, Roger talks about harvest and like reaping what you sow and that cycle. I think of it in terms of if you create real value for others, they're going to want to pay you to do what you do. And then you can create more opportunity for others. Um, yeah, I just think people need to hear that because I do think real estate is a beautiful space. Um, how is it better or worse than you imagined? I don't know that I know how to answer that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's a it's a constant, not not a constant struggle, but there there is a constant balancing of, okay, how much am I wanting to continue in the business so that I can continue to create the opportunities versus um, move more into that realm, you know? And so like Kyle talked about his time and being able to give of his time, um, you know, there's, there's a desire to do more and more of that because you see how much the impact is that you're having. And so you kind of gravitate towards wanting to do that, but the business is what provides you that opportunity. So there's, you got to balance those two things. And you're in a, you're in a, not a transition phase, but you're, you're picturing the next 10 years and you're trying to figure out what this next chapter looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cause I want to give more time to, um, to overflow. I want to give more time to other things. And yet um, figure out how to keep feeding this goose that keeps laying golden eggs. Yeah. Because there, there's parts of it that I love and, and I like helping people with their real estate journey too. And so yeah. there's, there's a balancing of that. Hmm. Well, maybe that was a bad question. How would you answer that question? In what ways is where you are better? I mean, you're earning more money than you thought you would. Yeah, money. Uh, yeah, I, Roger said it earlier. I remember in a moment. I don't remember what that moment was when he had nothing. And yeah. I remember a moment being at Drake Diner, meeting with a client. I'm like, my credit card's maxed out. I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. They offered to pay, and I did it. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to pay for this meal because I got nothing left on it. <laughs> and so to be in the position now, like, again, to be generous and, you know, going out to eat, I want to pay. <laughs> I want to pay. You never know. Roger said it. You never know that person you're with and what position they're in and maybe they're in that spot that I was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was. So well, what are you doing for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also generous enough to allow other people to pay when they offer. So I love what you said about the team, people being grateful. <clears throat> Not everyone is and, and everyone's at different life phases. I wasn't grateful when Roger got me into the business. So I, yeah. we've all been there, but, uh, there is something cool about building something and then figuring out how to pass some of that opportunity on to others. That part is super fun. So what last question I promise in hindsight then, so think back over this journey from success through this business phase, just advice, I guess. So you're talking back to people that maybe are still in the survival phase, uh, just insights that you would offer looking back. Show up. Uh, that's be with other people that are in the same realm or that are farther ahead of you so that you can learn from them um, and and look for those opportunities that, that present themselves. Uh, to, to get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah I don't like using the word luck because I feel like it has more to do with the time that you're putting in and um, the effort and um, you are re rewarded for that. Oh, it's so. Gary, Gary player. When I say luck, I think of that yeah. quote, uh, it's the, he sinks a putt and they say, man, that was a lucky shot. And he goes, it seems like the more I practice, the luckier mm -hmm. I get. Exactly yeah. Right. And I also think about investing. I'm listening to a couple of good books on this right now, like stock market kind of investing. So much of it is not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. You got to be in the market on the days where big jumps happen. And mm -hmm. so people that were in the real estate business, when the market turned in 2010, after four or five years of everybody else getting out, well, that was an opportune time to be, showing up right mm -hmm. so I, i'm totally with you on that what about you insights um don't be afraid to fail yeah and i had a college professor and you know said before but failure the back door to success like that's the greatest lessons i have learned for my business and in life are the moments that i've failed 
and learning from those. And you talked about it just a second ago, but coming out of nine, 10, and for me, it was really about eight, nine, 10 and 11, but coming out of those moments, I think helped my trajectory in the future and building that business. Cause I didn't want to repeat it. Uh, and there are so many lessons uh, that, that were learned during that time of failure. So. Yeah, you got to bump your shins a little bit. And then those those moments of failure, I guess they either crush you or they motivate you to yeah. get up and move. But yeah, there's no better lesson than than that for sure. Okay, well, um, you guys have been great. I appreciate the conversation. I, I, I think we need to dust off this old survival business legacy idea. I do think it's a framework that inspires people. And I think my big takeaway from this is in pulling all the stuff out, it seems pie in the sky, seemed, seems. But it's, it's really not. There is a great opportunity if you do this right to build something that can open doors for you. And I think you guys are cool examples of that. So, Thanks. okay. Thank um, you. On with our day. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. Thank you.